What's up, everybody? So happy to be with you guys. Coming into your homes this weekend, whomever you are, wherever you are all over the world. And from my personal family and our extended family here at Central Christian Church, we hope and pray you indeed had a very Merry Christmas on this past Friday. And quite honestly, I'm curious. I'm curious as to what everyone did this year. As we are still steeped in navigating through this global pandemic, most of us not traveling as much. I'm curious as to what was your time of celebration like? To me, it's interesting just how ridiculously distracting and commercialized Christmas has become. The focus many times on things that really don't matter as much, such as uh, who's getting what gift? What name brand was the gift you bought or received? How much did you pay for the gift? How much debt is acceptable for us to go into this year in order to get gifts? Uh, what we eat for Christmas dinner? What are we wearing for Christmas this year so our ugly sweaters can match? Lord, do you think Grandpa Jim is going to sing Old Holy Night again this year? And this time on Zoom, number one, he probably don't know how to work Zoom. And number two, why won't anybody tell him that his voice sounds like a bag of drowning cats? He's terrible. My point is, Christmas has become a day where the true focus on what the day and the season is all about has become so watered down, secondary, and lost among all the details of so many other things that really have no real eternal value. And I just wonder if in this year, where because of the coronavirus and traveling and gathering restrictions, has that now taken a place of all the other distractions prior to it? Or will we dare to look beyond the problems of our world and focus on the promise sent to our world and the birth of Jesus? And while we're making room for any and everything else this holiday season, I am hopeful that we are not forgetting to make room and make adequate room for Jesus. And can I say, this isn't a modern problem. This concept dates all the way back to Jesus' birth. We see in Luke chapter 2, this played out as Luke chronicles, for the, chronicles this for us in verse 1. Look at verse 1. It says, uh, in those days a decree went out from a Caesar Augustus uh, that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was from the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came <clears throat> for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for him and no place for them in the end. Somebody say in. Uh, that word in uh, in the Greek is the katalima, katalima, which literally means a guest chamber or a lodging place. And just for clarity, everybody, I need you to please understand that when the Bible was referring 
to, and in, in this context, it was not referring to something that looked like this. You know, for us Western civilized people, we, we have these pictures of what an inn or hotel looked like. But this word, katalima, would have suggested that the inn or guest chamber probably looked more like something like this. Yeah. Something simple. Common. Literally a spare room, everybody, in someone's home. In a small and modest village like Bethlehem where Jesus was born and where Joseph had grown up as a boy and would have brought his young fiance Mary in order to be in compliance with the Roman king's decree. But here's the deal in Luke chapter 2 verse 7. It says that when it was time for the baby Jesus to be born, they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Why? Because there was no place for them in the end. Somebody say place. That word place in the Greek can also be translated as the word space. So now everybody, you put all that together and this passage can be translated as Jesus was laid in a manger. Uh, that word manger literally means a animal stone feeding trough. Um, you can translate uh, verse 7 like this. Uh, he was laid in a manger. Why? Because there was no space found in the guest room of the home for Jesus. You seeing that? And my question for us to ponder this weekend, in the midst of all the drama and distractions this world conveniently sets before us to capture our attention and focus is, are we making sure to make room in our end for Jesus? Here's what I think is interesting. When something is a priority to us and important to us, we make sure we make room for it. Oh, I see you hit me with the Gary Coleman face like, what you talking about, Ray? What you mean? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Let me come down. Uh, single ladies. Single ladies, I'm talking to you right now. You, you know, it's the single ladies that you got perfect attendance at your small group Bible study, even on Zoom. Yeah, you own time all week, every week. You that person that's 10 minutes early in the waiting room, waiting for the administrator to let you in the meeting. Yeah, uh, but let you meet Bubba. You know Bubba with the nice arms, with the deep voice, with the strong chin, and with the nice car. And let Bubba say to you, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, baby, my only night off is small group night. And I'm only available doing small group time for us to get together. And you know I got to see you tonight. Huh? Come on now. Yeah. Next thing you know, your group like, um, has anyone seen, heard from, or talked to Cindy lately? Uh-huh. Oh, let me give you another one. Yeah. Let the Bears and the Packers change their kickoff time to 10 a.m. instead of noon on Sundays. Uh -huh. Our 10.30 <laughs> service will be like, doo -doo 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 -doo. yeah, like tumble reeds rolling through the aisles because it'll be like an abandoned ghost town in the Dream Center. Oh, you might as well say amen. You know I ain't wrong. Bottom line, everybody, we make space and room for what's important and a priority to us. And my question for us this weekend, if we be honest, is does Jesus 
fit into that category as someone that we make sure we make space and room for. You know what would work? And the kids and Netflix, TikTok and the PS4. You feel me? The family and my guys night out and my girls night out. And, you know, on Sunday night, Monday night and Thursday night football. Not to mention, you know, my soap operas and now the NBA season is being back. You know, drinking and hanging out with my boo or my little miss or being preoccupied with this pandemic or the political landscape of our country and the spin that each network puts on every story. My question is, what type of priority, everybody, do we place on the person of Jesus? Do we clear space and allow his voice to be the main voice when he's asked to be invited into our room? Is he just another person? Amongst a whole lot of other people, things, and voices in our room. Are we indifferent as to whether he is or he isn't in the room? Or do we even take the time to make room for him? Just think about this for a moment, everybody. Why do we even celebrate Christmas? Why was Jesus born in the first place? Was it so God can just fill another chapter in his big old storybook known as the Bible? No. God saw that we, you and I, had a need that we couldn't feel on our own. And the biggest trick of the enemy was convincing mankind that they didn't need God, that they could be the masters of their own fate, that they could function and safely and successfully without God. You remember way back in the day when it was just Adam and Eve in the garden and the serpent showed up with his little smooth snake talk? talking to Eve, saying in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, he said, uh, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden or in the middle of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, oh, no, baby, you see it? No, baby, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when a woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. And as soon as Adam ate, bam, sin and separation entered the picture, separating us from a holy God. Hey, y'all, same place Satan was running back then, thousands of years ago, he running the same plays now. In other words, he was saying to them then and tries to get us to believe now, you don't need God. You can make your own decisions. You can handle your life on your own terms. You can be in control of your own life. And listen, here's a problem with that theology, y'all. The problem with that theology is as you live long enough, you realize that there are some things that happen to us in this life that we are in control of. But then there are a whole lot of other things that happen to us in life that are totally out of our control. And in those situations, we had better have access to the one who is totally in control of every situation, of every circumstance, sees every issue even before it shows up. And not only sees the issue, but has the ultimate solution 
for what ails our broken hearts and for what will fill our deepest need. And can I tell you, Jesus is the perfect solution to man's perpetual problem. Why? Because Jesus was born of a virgin, fully God, but also fully man, so that he could live the life that we were incapable of living, so that he was qualified to pay the price that we were incapable of paying. When he died on the cross for our sin, and thank you, Lord, that he didn't stay dead, but was raised to life by God on the third day. And everybody, we cannot allow ourselves to lose focus on who Jesus is and why he's so central, pun intended, you see what I did there? Why he's so central to everything that exists. Family, it's why I'm super excited about the upcoming series that's starting uh, next weekend, focusing on the person of Jesus. As we take a deep dive into who Jesus is leading all the way up to Easter weekend. You definitely want to make sure that you're with us uh, in this upcoming journey as we uh, go through these next series of teachings. And so as I get ready to close, everybody, I want to say it again. I really sincerely hope you had an amazing Christmas this past Friday. But Lord, I pray it was not at the expense of exalting and celebrating the real reason for the season. That if necessary, we would make space, that we would make more room for Jesus to be the guest of honor in our homes, in our heads, and in our hearts this season and every day moving forward. That our attitude would be, I would literally drop everything just to be connected with King Jesus because he is just that important and significant. I want to show you a picture of what this looks like as we wrap this up. Look at verse 8 of Luke chapter 2. It says that in the same region, uh, I'm the same region as where Mary and, and, and Joseph were, the same region where uh, there was no room uh, for Jesus in the inns in the area. The Bible says in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Somebody say good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Jesus Christ the Lord. And I want to invite you to join me this Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Facebook for Second Take. I got a lot more to say on this particular point that I don't have time to go into this weekend. So this Wednesday, 7 p.m., Facebook, join us for our midweek Second Take. But listen, here's the best part of this passage. Look at verse 15. It says that when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds was like, oh, my God, do you believe what just happened? And they kind of looked around. And then they said excitedly, yo, we about to roll out. Roll. You see it? You see it? You see it? Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16. And they went with haste. Somebody say it, with haste. Yeah. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Y'all see that? Them dudes was racing. They was like sprinting, like, like they were in a track meet to get to Jesus. 
and, and I want you to catch this, everybody. It wasn't like they was just standing around not doing nothing. They, they, these guys were busy. They, they, they were working. You got to understand, uh, shepherding, these guys were shepherds, right? Shepherding was their livelihood. This is what they did to earn a living and provide for their families. But they literally dropped everything because everything else was secondary to them in the lens of getting to and connecting with Jesus. And why? Because they realized something. And I pray that we realize and we also understand that everything without Jesus is really nothing. But nothing with Jesus is really everything. Solomon says it in Proverbs. He says, what does it benefit a man to, to get the house, to get the car, to have the money, to have the woman or the man, to have clothes, to have a great name, to have the platform? Now, now notice, there's nothing wrong with having nice stuff and doing nice stuff for people because you have nice stuff. You can research it. There were plenty of people in the Bible who were very wealthy and they served the Lord. People like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph and his brothers, Job, David, Matthew the disciple, Zacchaeus, Solomon, uh, women in the Bible like Dorcas, uh, like Lydia, uh, the disciple that buried Jesus in his tomb, donated his tomb to Jesus, Joseph of Arimathea. Uh, and so having stuff is not the issue, but what Solomon is trying to make sure that we are clear on when he says, what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? Is he's trying to get us to understand uh, that it doesn't benefit us any when it's all about building your kingdom versus your desire to build God's kingdom here on earth, just like it is in heaven. Jesus says in Revelation chapter three, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him and I'll dine with him and he with me. And what he's saying to us, everybody, this holiday season is, listen, I'm here. Here I am knocking on the door of your heart. And I desire to connect, commune, and be in relationship with you. Do you have time for me? Are you excited about being with me? Will you make space, make room in your heart for me? What does that look like for us? this holiday season. And, and I wanna challenge you in this and knowing that every single person under the sound of my voice, you know what that looks like for you individually. For some of you, particularly you newer believers, maybe you've been walking with the Lord and, and it's been, uh, you know, I pray every day. You know, I make sure I spend at least 10 minutes with the Lord uh, in prayer and meditation. And, and, and maybe, what God is calling you to do in this moment is great. I appreciate the 10 minutes, but now I want you to make more room for me. Can I get 15 minutes? Can I get 30 minutes? Can I get 45 minutes? Does that mean you may have to sacrifice some sleep in the morning or stay up a little bit later in the evening 
Or maybe make some time for me during the day. Maybe, maybe uh, you're hanging out with me during lunch versus your boyfriend or your girlfriend. What does that look like for us to make more space, make more room for Jesus? And is he worth that? Is he worth sacrificing a little bit more for, for the savior of the world that sacrificed all for us? I want to challenge you. Let's make a commitment to make more room in our personal end for the savior of the universe that made sure that he made everything available for us to reconnect with him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, as society tries to make everything else an issue and everything else just as important, if not more important than you. Father, help us as we get ready to go into 2021 to reprioritize, if necessary, uh, our agenda in our life. And that you're not just kind of part of the agenda. God, you're not just kind of a line item on our list of things to do. But Father God, you are the agenda. You are our life. You are our hope. You are our everything. And I pray that that is the mentality that permeates as we walk out these next several days going into 2021. Oh God, that we would make room for you, that we would make space, whatever that looks like, whatever we got to sacrifice, whatever we got to lay down, whatever we got to give up, Father God, because you are just that good and you are just that significant and important. Let that be our heart's cry and let that be our desire as you did everything and gave up everything to connect with us, that we will be willing to give some things up to connect with you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.